Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. Best and gluten-free in the same sentence? No, it's not a mistake. I've been experimenting. This is the time of binge baking, binge gardening, and hopefully not binge cleaning. I figured out how to make the best gluten-free breakfast bread. How? It's about the science, of course. Let's start with gluten. What is it exactly? Gluten is a group of two proteins found in certain grains. The proteins are called gliadin and glutenin. Gluten is found in species such as wheat, spelt, barley, and rye. Plant seeds use these proteins to sprout. Who needs gluten? Well, the plants that produce gluten need it. They are to who, but they need it. Humans, however, have no need for gluten. We have no need for licorice or dots or birthday cake either, but that doesn't mean we don't want these things. Gluten is the reason why cakes and bread and cupcakes and pie crusts taste so good. We don't need gluten the way we need vitamins for proper metabolism and immune health or amino acids to make proteins, synthesize hormones and neurotransmitters, minerals, etc., etc., etc. So no, we don't need gluten, which I've said three times now. When we need bread dough or mix cake and cookie dough, the gluten proteins cross-link. Cross-link means they twist and turn and stretch, forming a fibrous network. So what does bread rising mean exactly? When we mix up our ingredients for our dough, we add sugar and a leavening agent to the mix. Leavening agents are yeast, baking powder, and baking soda. Yeast cells inside these leavening agents react with the sugar. Essentially what they're doing is gobbling it up. This is called fermentation. Fermentation results in the release of carbon dioxide. Many chemical reactions release gases. I devote an entire chapter in my book, Chemical Reactions with Nomad Press, to gases. Anyway, the carbon dioxide actually inflates the gluten network. The reason the dough rises is that the gluten threads are trapping the carbon dioxide. As our cupcakes, cookies, or bread bake in the heat, the gluten coagulates, locking the baked goods into shape. What about rice and corn? Rice and corn contain prolamine proteins to support the growth of their seedlings, not gluten. Rice and corn still are grains. I have a link on my website about grains. Gluten is specific to wheat and other grasses. So is gluten bad for you? We don't need it. But will a gluten-free diet improve physical or mental health? Well, I feel better since I stopped eating gluten. But this has not actually been proven. I do want to add that buying gluten-free products, just like buying low-sugar products, can cause other issues because oftentimes the products have more sugar and fat, less fiber, and are less fortified with iron, folic acid, and other nutrients. I'm not an advocate of buying any packaged products, especially those which have a myriad of ingredients to include excess glucose, fructose, or or sodium. And I meant to say low-fat products. Low-fat products have a lot of sugar, too. A true allergic reaction to gluten is what causes celiac disease. There are several theories as to why gluten may cause or worsen other autoimmune conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, Graves' disease, type 1 diabetes, to name a few. Many people report symptoms when they eat gluten, such as bloating, diarrhea, or crampy abdominal pain. Uh, The gluten-free diet has become one of the most popular diets in modern history. 
Claims of improved health and increased energy fuel this popularity, though there is little evidence to substantiate these claims. I actually think I feel better and less bloaty, not eating gluten. Uh, approximately 30% of all Americans are now either avoiding foods that contain gluten or eliminating gluten entirely from their diets, and these numbers actually continue to grow. One cause of adverse symptoms after eating gluten could be a wheat allergy diagnosed by skin testing, the same way other allergies are diagnosed. Whether or not someone is diagnosed with celiac disease, a wheat allergy or not, those who feel unwell when they consume gluten maybe should avoid it, which does seem kind of obvious. Or GI issues could be caused by lactose, which is sugar in milk, or other conditions such as Crohn's disease and ulcer or IBS. So let's move on. We're here to bake a gluten-free breakfast bread, which is what I promised you. There are many choices out there for gluten-free flour. Try to say that three times. Gluten-free flour, if you buy it as such, is a combination usually of brown and white rice flour, potato starch, tapioca starch, and depending on the brand, a few other ingredients. I was trying to be more of a purist here. So for my experiments, I tried three different types of gluten-free flour to achieve the best bake. And this breakfast bread, if you're tired of me, you can scroll down to the bottom of this uh, post, is lightly sweetened. It's more of a snack bread, definitely not a cake. First, I tried almond flour. Almond flour is actually not flour, but ground up almonds. It is grain-free, packed full of proteins. But these proteins don't act the same way as the gluten proteins. The result is not as light an area. They do not twist, turn, and stretch. I use natural almond flour. Uh, the blanched variety has the skins removed, which makes it a little finer so it acts more like flour. Now you can also grind your almonds into flour if you want. It's just that almonds are expensive and almond flour is expensive, so I decided the extra work didn't make sense to me. Advantages of almond flour is that it gave a very chewy texture. It's packed with nut proteins, which are vegan. It has a very low glycemic index, and it has monounsaturated fats, which mean cardioprotective properties. And it also has vitamin E, an antioxidant, calcium, iron, manganese, and magnesium. Next, I tried cassava flour. Cassava is the root, cassava flour is made from the root of the cassava plant. It's a starchy tuber. This did not turn out as well, in my opinion, uh, because it was a little bland and there wasn't much texture or flavor. I think if you wanted to bake with cassava flour, you'd have to add more flavorful ingredients. Uh, I used a whole, uh, the zest of a lemon, but maybe you'd need more with the cassava flour. The advantages of cassava flour is that it's definitely a blank canvas. Uh, this is not a grain, a nut. This is not a grain, not a nut, and it's gluten-free, so it's very clean. It has a little bit of calcium and potassium too. Next, I tried oat flour. Now, I didn't buy the oat flour. I used the oats we already had in the cabinet. So that's a big cost savings. I ground the oats in the blender until they were fine. If you have a true gluten allergy, you can purchase certified gluten-free oats. The problem with oats is if you don't buy gluten-free oats, there is some cross-contamination with the gluten in factories, so that could cause problems. The advantages of oat flour is that it was cheaper. It does contain protein, but less than half that in almond flour. It has some fiber, which leads to slower digestion and fullness. It also has mang manganese, 
It has phosphorus, copper, vitamin B1, selenium, magnesium, and zinc. So it is packed with some vitamins and minerals. Now, we are at a disadvantage not using gluten to make our breakfast bread because it won't be as light and fluffy no matter what we do. But I've got five tips that will make you a success. Actually, six tips. Okay, first, it is better to use a scale than a measuring cup. Uh, the darn almond and cassava flour comes in those teeny bags and it's hard to measure. Two, uh, where are we here? Two, you can't overmix your batter and ruin the structure the way you will if you overmix a traditional flour battery. Traditional flour batters get rubbery if you overmix. With almond flour, cassava flour, or any other non-gluten flour that you use, the more you mix, the better. Three, let it rest. No, it's not a steak, but if you allow the dough to sit covered for 30 minutes, the flours will absorb more liquid. They'll be less sticky and thicker. This also reduces graininess. Four, don't rely on color, using a knife or toothpick, or touching the breads. Not reliable. Definitely use a timer. Gluten-free baked goods tend to be slightly wet inside until they are fully cool, so it's a little tricky. If you go past the time that the toothpick or knife comes out clean, it will be better. This is number five. It's a little bit scary, but my last tip will help so the edges don't burn. What you do for the last 15 minutes of the bake is to cover the entire baked good with foil. This helps achieve desired doneness without burning the edges. Now I've got my recipe written out and the preparations and it's absolutely delicious. You can use cherries, raspberries, or bananas, whatever fruit you prefer. You can even use dried fruit if you want and I hope you love it. Let me know how it turns out, or if you have a recipe you'd like to share with me, that'd be great. Thanks for stopping by. I hope to see you soon. Take care.